I never viewed those as limitations, which was, I think, a very important thing because I think sometimes we create our own barriers and that was never a barrier for me. This is Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of the Canadian Electricity Association, and this is the third of three episodes. I'm handing over the mic to champions of equity, diversity, and inclusion in the electricity sector. Welcome to the International Women's Day Flux Capacitor Takeover. My name is Joelle Lancaster, and I'm an advisor at the Canadian Electricity Association, but today I will be your Flux Capacitor host for this very special International Women's Day Takeover. Chatting with me today is Lila Garzuzzi, Chief Safety Officer at Hydro One. Before she was in this position, she was the first female Vice President of Distribution in the organization. Welcome to the podcast, Lila. Thank you, Joelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Just to get started, how did you end up in this position? I actually joined Hydro One as an electrical engineer. Um, I was very drawn to power systems. I I never really aspired to be uh, leading uh, the largest trades organization at Hydro One. And so arriving to that role uh, was probably equally surprising to me as it was to the team. Uh, But I'll always remember uh, when I was the director of um, asset management, the vacancy came about and the chief operating officer called me and said, you know, Lila, here's this opportunity. You have eight hours to make a decision if you want to take this role. And and I was really surprised because I I hadn't worked in the trades and typically men had had held that role and typically tradesmen uh, from Hydro One. Um, So it was a big surprise to me. I was certainly very you know, honored to be given that opportunity. I took it very, very seriously. I understood how demanding that role was. And after talking it over with my partner, I accepted that role and took on it. What was a very uh, fantastic learning experience, uh, but also a very challenging role. You know, two years into that role, another opportunity came about uh, the chief safety officer role at Hydro One. And and really with the uh, increased focus on serious injuries and life altering events, that was something that had really opened my eyes as the VP of distribution at the impact that we can have on people and their families. And so I was very drawn to that role for that reason. I also wanted to ask, uh, what were some of the challenges you may have faced in a position that was only staffed by males before you came into the role? I think there's an element where, where people look up to their leader as something they can aspire to be. And so in a role or typically you're looking at power line technicians or foresters, their leader was typically one of them. And so arriving being both, you know, female uh, engineer, it's kind of like two knocks in a way, and the third visible minority. I never viewed those as limitations, which was, I think, a very important thing, because I think sometimes we create our own barriers. And 
that was never a barrier for me. Um, I viewed it as I was presenting and, and looking at it from a different point of view. And I never tried to be something that I wasn't. Um, I understood very clearly what my role was and what my leader's roles were and what the field people's role uh, was. And so understanding your place in that is very important. Other than the shock that when I was announced, I would say that it was very welcomed by the field and by the crews and the people that I engaged with. And a lot of that has to do with how you approach the role when you're given that role. And also, you know, an aspect of humility, but, but also, you know, listening to the team and what their challenges were. I hope that answers your question, Joelle. Yeah, so I wanted to pivot to the gender best practices report. Maybe for a bit of context, how did that report come about through the Distribution Council? Sure, uh, it was in 2019 and we were actually talking about emerging issues and setting you know, the goals for the next five years. And we started talking about you know, workforce management and the attrition that we were facing. And, and nationally, um, we recognized that we had all made a lot of strides in increasing the representation in engineering, so uh, female engineers. Uh, but many of us were still challenged with the trade groups. And so recognizing that the HR committee had, had set aspirations and goals and recognizing that many of our companies were going down that path, we felt that we were still missing practical lessons and guidelines and tactics that would help us overcome some of the challenges we were all facing and that we can all learn from each other and, and not have to kind of reinvent the wheel generation after generation or company after company. We could just break down those silos um, by putting together this report. And that really was the spirit of the report, which, you know, I, I'm really pleased to be sharing with everyone today. Yeah, I remember being at one of those uh, conversations with the Distribution Council and seeing early on a lot of diversity in the different practices. You could see a lot of light bulbs going off with different people who were doing some things in some in some ways towards increasing diversity in the trades and others doing other things. So I think this report is really welcome. Tell us a bit about the findings of the report. The report lays out things that you know, I'll say this, that maybe for many won't be a huge shock. Uh, many of us are tackling the issue in a similar way, but there are subtleties that are interesting and there are things that have worked in some areas and not in others. You know, today we talked about engaging, you know, young girls, uh, breaking down the stereotypes in terms of role models. Uh, we talked about scholarships and the impacts that those have had. Uh, networks, uh, employee resource groups, mentoring. We've talked about a bunch of different uh, hiring practices, whether it's how you have your panel or your criteria. Do you really have to lift, you know, a few hundred pounds above your head? And will that actually make you a better worker, whether you're a male or a female employee? Um, there are smarter ways of, of moving loads. So we talked about all these things. Uh, the one thing that was really apparent in contrasting trade groups to technology or engineering groups, I would say, was the physical dimension and how that was creeping into the selection criteria uh, and the realities of being part of a crew, uh, whether it was access to uh, washrooms, facilities, 
adequate clothing, uh, personal protective uh, equipment and the fitting of that equipment. And so that is really, I think, uh, what, what was different in terms of a barrier in this trade. And what are the benefits to increasing representation in the trades? I mean, for me, the business benefits are so obvious, uh, whether you look at it from safety, a safer crew, a more productive crew, a more engaged crew, um, more respect in the workplace, you know, increasing uh, diversity inclusion across your workforce is good business. Um, it's also a better representation of your customer base, uh, which, which is also you know, very important for us as utilities. So there, there are many business benefits. Um, there are practical benefits. There are feel-good benefits. And I would say that, you know, for us, the, the increasing that representation really checked all those boxes. And I, I liked how the report also touched on uh, some of the benefits towards women in society generally in terms of offering good jobs in the trades. Great, great employment, good offering you know, good uh, jobs with good benefits, uh, good working conditions, right? So it, it's a multiplier effect of benefits for sure. Yeah. And those are the folks who are also out in the field helping get the power back on after storms and, you know, making sure the lines stay safe. And so where does the electricity industry go from here with respect to ED&I? You know, I, I see when I look at this report and how it fits into the broader picture, uh, I see us, you know, dovetailing into some of the uh, human resource work that's been done to me. These two things go hand in hand. I would continue to encourage partnerships and partnerships in uh, broader ways. So we saw it even through this project between, you know, nationally amongst utilities, but also between the operations people and the HR people nationally. So creating that tie, uh, but we can also do it in terms of being greater advocates, you know, think about guiding, guidance counselors, the impact they can have on young children and creating that partnership across to, to create those role models from an early age. So that if you ask your five-year-old what they wanna be, you might hear firefighter, but you, you probably won't hear power line technician they don't know what that means. And so I think we can do a lot uh, to encourage that and to create that partnership within the industry uh, nationally and then with other agencies as well. I also think that when we look at it from a target setting and the journey to get there, I see the report as an instrument to allow us to do that. What inspires you to keep working in this field? What inspires me is uh, the opportunity. What inspires me is uh, that it's extremely gratifying. Uh, it's an extremely rewarding and meaningful mandate to work in the electricity sector. And our industry is one that is very dynamic, uh, a lot more than they teach you in university. Uh, it's being disrupted in many, many ways which allows you to be pretty creative and problem solving and constantly be challenged. Um, so for all those reasons, I, I continue to be very inspired and engaged in the sector. And finally, one of the questions that Francis likes to ask in each of his podcast interviews to guests is, what is the last book you read? Okay, so admittedly, I've been reading a lot of 
articles lately. <laughs> um, and this is going to sound nerdy, but it ties to my, my new role as chief safety officer. Um, but the most recent book I've read is um, Safe by Accident. And it actually, uh, you know, talks a lot about safety culture and um, how do you take luck out of the safety equation. Lila, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you, Joelle. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today. Hi, everyone. It's Daniela Bedin, and I'm here with Aska Bohm and Joelle Lancaster, my fellow guest hosts of the International Women's Day Flux Capacitor podcast takeover. So we have all completed our interviews, and I thought that we could all chat about what we learned throughout our discussions with these amazing women that we got to talk to. So Aska, you had the opportunity to chat with Starlene McDonald, Manager of Equity, Diversity and Inclusion at OPG. What came up during your conversation? What did you learn? So we had a really great discussion. It was really great to meet Starlene and have an opportunity to talk with her. There's so much more we could have talked about, but two of the things that I really would enjoyed talking to her about um, where the, the initiatives that OPG is taking, uh, the work that they're doing, you know, really getting to know their staff and understand their employee culture, uh, and then kind of where they can take their next steps from there. Uh, that was really great. It was also just really nice to know that they have someone like Starlene, uh, you know, whose entire role is dedicated to EDI initiatives. Um, I think that's really great. And it was my first introduction to her, and I, I wasn't really previously aware um, that these positions were becoming more common. Um, and I think it's just really uh, indicative of the way that the industry is going, um, that they're taking you know, the time and the, the effort to really make sure that they have dedicated resources to, to um, making sure there's a, a change over time to make their you know, workforce more inclusive. I think that's really great. Yeah, that sounds great. And I also think pairing you guys up was a good, a good thing as well, because you got to talk a little bit about your experience being a female in, in engineering. Yeah, it was interesting to get her perspective on that. It's definitely, you know, things are improving. And I did see a lot of my peers actually move into the engineering space after school and stay there, which has been really nice to see um, and to keep up with those people. Um, but it was good to know that I'm not alone, I guess, in that experience or hearing that that is a thing. Uh, it, it was good in a way to be validated um, by Starlene and then to know that there are people like Starlene that are taking initiative, uh, you know, within the workforce. Um, a lot of the conversation, as we talked about, is around kind of the education period and, you know, targeting a lot of change um, to the younger generations. But I think some of that discussion leaves out, you know, the, what can we do for the people that are already working in the industry and how can we make sure they're supported? So it's really good to talk to her about those sorts of things um, and to really, you know, make sure that we're making an effort to include everyone including the people who are already working in the electricity industry. As important as it is to, to go back and start from the very beginning of the education process, there's still this huge horde of people who are already there. 
that need those programs and need those tools yeah. in order to get where they want to be. Yeah, exactly. And and the big part for me is these, you know, are people that may have experienced a lot of the negative impacts of, you know, the lack of diversity and inclusion through in earlier on in their careers. And I think it's really important that we make sure that the people who are already working and in this industry, you know, don't continue on that way or don't finish out their careers um, having maybe some more negative experiences around you know being a bit isolated I guess uh, demographically from their peers so I think it's really great um, that she's you know aware of that and that there are people like her at the utilities making sure that you know it's an inclusive workplace for all. So for my interview, um, I was able to chat with Mackenzie Gillen from Hydro One and Allison Wood from Niagara Peninsula Energy. So they were two female power line technicians. They actually went to the same college and they talked a little bit about how, um, how they really found their, their voice while working in the trade. So one of the things that came up one of my favorite quotes actually from the podcast is I believe it was Mackenzie who said you can't be what you can't see and there is this common theme of women either in high school or even like in their early post-secondary years they just they didn't know that being a power line technician was a thing I think for Allison if she didn't see that video when she was in when she was in high school she probably wouldn't know that being a power line technician was an amazing, an amazing career. So mm -hmm. yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was really interesting. And they also covered the emphasis on safety in the workplace and what it's like being a woman in a male dominated trade specifically. And, you know, if there's a bit of a stigma for that, but they did say like, you need to want to do the job, you need to work hard. And the people on your team like they don't care what size you are, what color you are, what shape you are. All they want to know is that they can trust you and that safety is the number one priority for yourself and for them. It's really interesting you say that because it came up in a slightly different context, but Starling kind of addressed that as well. The psychological safety of the workplace um, and really knowing that you trust and care about your your coworkers, and uh, you know her conclusion was kind of that these sorts of EDNI initiatives will, you know, hopefully over time be kind of integrated into the overall occupational health and safety, you know, approach that's integral to all of the utilities. So um, it's really interesting and and reassuring to hear that that's a common theme across all of the interviews. So there is a big emphasis on safety and also a big emphasis on making sure that you invest in yourself if it's something that you wanted to do. So Mackenzie was talking about how um, her dad didn't necessarily want her to go into this particular trade, but she was able to, to prove him wrong. And it's, you know, it's a career that she's fallen in love with. And she was talking about how, you know, no job site is the same. You can make a plan, get all the tools for the work that needs to be done. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you have a problem, you have to fix it with what you have. So the emphasis on, um, on creative problem solving was also really interesting because on top of that, if there is an emergency and you're already at a job site, 
you need to make sure that what you're working on now can be as safe as possible. So then you can go deal with the, the emergency. So Joelle, in this episode, you were able to talk to Lila Garzuzzi from Hydro One. What did you learn from your conversation? Honestly, one of my favorite parts of the conversation with Lila was actually hearing about um, her career at Hydro One, um, especially her role as the first female VP of distribution. Um, I really appreciated hearing her perspective on coming into a role in a newish area of the business um, and actually using her like experience as a benefit to bring new perspectives to the role and be able to question systems that might be taken for granted. One of the benefits of diversity that was talked about in the gender best practices report as well, bringing in those varied perspectives. Yeah, and she and she talked about, you know, what it's like to be a woman, a visible minority and and not a tradesman as well and she she decided that those weren't going to be barriers for her because it's you know it's all about the experience that you bring to the table and I think a really important part of that conversation was to not sell yourself short just because you don't fit into a certain box and knowing the value that you can bring even if you you haven't been entrenched in the specific line of business Um, and I hope it's something that especially young women, um, young uh, people of color, especially in the industry can take into consideration to, you know, be able to bring more benefit um, from their experiences, even if they feel like the field doesn't already recognize the benefits of those perspectives already. And that brings us to the end of the very first International Women's Day Flux Capacitor Takeover. Thank you to my fellow CEA guest hosts, Joelle and Aska, as well as our podcast guests, Starlene, Mackenzie, Allison, and Lila. And last but not least, we'd like to give a huge thank you to Francis Bradley for letting us take over for this very special podcast series. We hope you enjoyed the third episode of our International Women's Day Flux Capacitor Takeover with our guest host, Joelle, and special guest, Lila Garzuzzi, Chief Safety Officer at Hydro One. As always, we invite you to continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca.